eyes peeled, everyone. Welcome to Full 10 Yards Fantasy Football Podcast. latest edition of the full 10 yards fantasy podcast and that's it that is another sunday in the books we are we're racing towards a quarter of the way through the the regular season how how crazy is that in the huddle today we've got dave james and rob dave how are you doing i'm very good dave uh, very good to be back on the pod how, are you? how about yourself you good yeah, all good. I, uh, I'm actually on holiday at the moment. I uh, have gone down to sunny Torquay. I was told to bring a coat and a hat and gloves and scarf, but it was 18 degrees and sunny today. It was absolutely lovely. And as an added bonus, I won the, the quiz in the hotel this afternoon. So uh, Congratulations. I, I, was the only person taking, I was the only person taking part, but uh, <laughs> a win's a win's a win. <laughs> James, how you doing? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. I've uh, been enjoying my day off. For the first time in ages, I stayed up to the end of the primetime game. So uh, I went to bed at five uh, this morning. So yes, it's uh, been a nice weekend. <laughs> yeah, well, the, there was a, a nice five-hour drive for me yesterday. So I got through to... I, I watched probably the first three, four plays of the, of the Saints-Packers and... You feel guilty that you've that you've stayed up that long, but it, I just couldn't last. <laughs> and then I, I must have gone to sleep with with the TV still on because I woke up with thirty seconds of the game left, so I was able to to watch the onside kick, watch the fact that the Saints lost. Completely ruined it for myself watching it back again this morning. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert: You woke up at the wrong moment. <laughs> but it is weird how I just subconsciously woke up with, with that little to go left in the game, managed <laughs> to watch the end of the game and, and went to bed, but um, sort of Kamara got off in my fantasy team, which was great to see. And finally, Rob, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm all right. I had a bit of a crap Sunday, to be honest. Lost a lot of fantasy leagues. Only won, I think, three out of 12. Um, so, yeah, sucks to be me at the moment with fantasy football. But, um, no, doing all right, though. I'm still... Uh, above 500 in most of them, which is obviously the idea. Um, and I'm absolutely crushing my college fantasy one at the moment. My college fantasy team is just like 3-0 and and miles ahead. But obviously, we're not here to talk college fantasy. That's on the other show, which you can actually find. If you go to the full 10 yards right now on Spotify, you can find the college podcast and you can hear myself with Lee Wakefield and Andy Moore and Kieran Patterson. And there's a shameless plug. <laughs> Well, that's why we're not recording until 20 past 10. It's because Rob is a podcast. Seamless. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say a probably uh, a word that we, we do want to encourage here. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, Rob, Rob loves his podcasting. Uh, and you've just reminded me, Fantasy Football Leagues. Uh, James, how are we getting on this weekend? It's me and you in both our Dynasty and Auction League. How, how are we going? Yeah, the auction league's not gone well. Uh, but then again, um, I think half of my team is on IR. So, you know, I, I, I'm a bit like the um, the Denver Broncos, really. Most of my starters are on IR. So, um, yes, it's it's not gone so well. We've got a bit of an interesting one because tonight's game between the Chiefs and the Ravens, it, there is actually a bit on it because 
us two are well i'm within striking distance of you in the dynasty league but uh, i think i'm hoping for a marquise brown big night i believe i'm just trying yeah. to load it up but it doesn't work very well on laptop sleeper i'm afraid yeah, it's, it's, it's looking good in that league, but what I will say is you are losing to the guy who, in the two tight end league, lost Blake Jarwin in week one and CJ Uzuma in week two. So um... I just lost Dallas Goddard in week three. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get that done early. <laughs> and I traded him away last week for Noah Fan. Woo! <laughs> I actually started week four so I can avoid. I pulled Goddard in most most of my leagues over this week because I didn't like the matchup against the Bengals, which sounds weird to say, but most of them he was playing a flex spot, which was like, well, I'm not going to bother. I'm going to play that. One of those leagues, I played Rex Burkhead. And <laughs> I, 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 I kind of looked at myself and said, what are you doing? And then at the end of the night, when he came up with 33 points, I was like, I still wondered what on earth I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's one of those players that he was trending on sleeper towards the end of the week as pickups, and I'm like, "Come on, sleeper, we're better than this. We're better than picking up records." <laughs> now, what I've are we doing? Because I was one of those people who may have in- inadvertently caused that fluctuation. You know that moment that we we talked this about this last week. In that that moment when players go to out, they're officially ruled out, and you can chuck them in your IR and then just randomly pick up people off the waiver wire just so that your opponents don't. I was picking Rex Burkhead up practically everywhere just because I remember he started to look relevant last week, and with James White missing, him and Sonia Michelle are effectively the two-way tandem, which. A two-way tandem in New England is bearable. And I just thought, well, it's worth it. And then in some of them, I was effectively forced to play him just by other late injuries like Julio and Devontae Adams. So, you know, flex spots abound. Burke had found his way into a couple of lineups. And, uh, yeah, I may have to talk about him again later on in a different segment. Yeah, I was the same on Sunday. And I saw that uh, John Ross was a healthy scratch going into the, the Bengals game. And that was the point where I was just like, right, let's get him cut from as many rosters as possible. Because he's, he's somebody that I just found myself drafting. And he was, uh, I, I totted up the stats at the end of the, the draft season. And he was my most owned player in, in fantasy football drafts, just because of where I got him and, and the potential that he's got. And then it, it got to quarter to six. I saw that he was a healthy scratch and I just dropped him everywhere. I was actually surprised at how many places I could pick up Jeff Wilson. Uh, obviously, the, the 49ers running backs, it was McKinnon and Wilson, which I, I was really pleased with. But yeah, John Ross was was one of those players that I just got rid of loads of shares just before the, the six o'clock kickoff. And we took speaking of 49ers and my tight end curse. I actually uh, tweeted <laughs> Rob and James about 10 minutes into the 49ers game. Uh, Jordan Reed, <laughs> he, he had a nice few grabs. He started to look really good. And we started to talk about Rule 81. It was something <laughs> that the, the fantasy footballers talked about on their podcast. Rule 81 was if Jordan Reed is good to go and if George Kittle isn't good to go, then you play Jordan Reed, which we were big advocates of until the MetLife turf strikes. And Jordan Reed, we don't know whether it's an ankle or a knee. He managed to come back into the game. At least it's not his head this time. But Jordan Reed looks injured again. And that takes us nicely into our first segment of the show. It is the injury roundup from week one. And nothing could be worse right. than the, the massacre that was that was week two. 
but there were still loads of little niggly injuries perhaps this time that uh, that we'll look to for for week two so yeah Jordan Reed it, it's still debated whether it's his knee or his ankle I think that's because the the San Francisco 49ers MRI machine is still missing in action so we'll uh, we'll still not be able to know <laughs> what exa- turns out <laughs> we'll st- still don't know what's exactly is up with uh, Jordan Reed but Chris Carson sprained knee to some extent is the is the quote from Pete Carroll we don't know if it's a uh, severe injury or or whether it's going to be uh, week to week it's not a nice way to win a beer bet to be honest Rob yeah no it was it was fine um he was definitely going to have a receiving touchdown had he stayed on the field for the last, what was it, two minutes or something like that. Um, so, yeah, you're, you're lucky. You're, you're really lucky. <laughs> We're in the beer bet on a technicality. But at the same time, the, the other beer bet that we had on Friday show uh, was uh, T.Y. Hilton to get 100 receiving yards and a touchdown. And no, it was just a, it was just a meagre 52 yards. For, sorry, who, who's T.Y. Hilton, we ask? It was, Eugene. <laughs> it was a mere fifty-two. Eugene. <laughs> it was a mere fifty-two receiving yards for Eugene Hilton. You damn near near did it again. <laughs> you got slightly more yards than last week, but still not enough, Eugene. Go out and do it again, Eugene. But you, you, you think that now, was that was T. Y. Hilton's grandma, by the way? Yeah. <laughs> And um, with Paris Campbell already gone, uh, Pittman picked up an ankle injury. You'd think that Hilton would be in in prime position to be picking up those receiving yards, but clearly his grandma's pep talk wasn't enough and he negated out the beer bet. So uh, no special brew for David, no special brew for Rob this week. (laughs) Other injuries to look at. James, this isn't one that you want to... I think you need to cover your ears for this one. Dallas got it. Talk us through that one, James. I'd rather not. <laughs> Moment of silence, please, for most of my teams. <laughs> That's enough. Um, yeah, he, 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 as soon as I saw the, um, the, the notification pop up from Sleeper, um, most of my team's percentage to win dropped. Um, probably, for, well, for the season. As I said, I, dro- I left him out of a lot of my teams this week just because I didn't like the matchup but yeah that's 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 my long term looking a bit dodgy um I can't remember what it was now either I was just I was just crying too much to actually be able to read what the injury was um it was a high ankle sprain I believe so um it's that's a few weeks I believe he's going to be missing so um yeah that's the end of me uh picking him as my waiver wire option so go Mar Ali Cox I was about to say go Amali Cox, but go uh, go Zach Ertz. He had 10 targets, 7 receptions, and 70 yards. So he's been the player that we knew he would be if, if Goddard wasn't in the equation. Obviously, a touchdown would help, but 7 receptions, 70 yards, that's 14 PPR points without without the, the touchdown. So that's great for, great for Zach Ertz. And I do want to have a little great. bit of a celebration here about Greg Ward. Yeah, it's, uh, it's Greg Ward's season. He he led the team in in receiving yards. He got a touchdown there as well. He's just one of those players that just towards the back end of drafts, I just I just picked up. And there's been so many times where I've nearly dropped him off rosters this season. But there's been so many injuries, so many this that and the others that he's just survived through my rosters. So let's hope now we can finally see Greg Ward coming to a little bit of fruition. Uh, James, what were you going to say? 
uh, Deshaun Jackson went out with a minor hamstring strain as well. So that when you're already missing Arshon Jeffrey, already missing Jalen Rager, you then lose Dallas Goddard, then lose Deshaun Jackson. So Greg Ward, it's, he's going to be in the Hype Train Station article this week purely because they have to throw the ball, have an option that isn't Zach Ertz. Otherwise, you're just going to get every you know double, triple coverage on Ertz, which towards the end of that game, which... Uh, let's just touch on it briefly. That ending and that overtime was a farce, but me and Rob won't mind. <laughs> the over-under, I believe, was 47.5. And uh, if anybody had won that game in overtime, we both would have lost bets. And that so was one of the most exciting parts of Sunday. went into overtime praying for the draw and got it, which was just unbelievable and pathetic at the same time. But, uh, yeah, yeah the, the Eagles need someone to throw to. But I sense Miles Sanders is the biggest winner for the next couple of weeks. Yeah, it says it all when the Eagles punting with, what was it, 19 seconds left in overtime. Against... They were offside on a field goal. How do you jump offside on a field goal? Yeah, just, it was, it was like, Rob, you, you posted your bet into our into our WhatsApp group. At about nine minutes into, well, sorry, about nine minutes with, with nine minutes going over time, and I was thinking, <laughs> yeah, good luck getting a tie in this one. Yep. And I remember watching a, a 49ers Rams game probably six or seven years ago where both teams looked like they didn't want to win. It was like, you win. No, you win. No, you win. And this this just stung <laughs> the exact same thing. Like, yeah. Your team punting with 19 seconds to go. Just uh, I was listening to a podcast today, and like, if you if you take a hail mary, that's going to take six, seven, eight seconds off the clock, and you're not backing your defense or your offense with that play call. It was just disgusting for the Eagles. And if there'd have been fans in the crowd there, they would have been going crazy. Yeah, it wasn't great to watch from a fantasy or an NFL perspective, but yeah, it's a good result for the Bengals, I guess. It, it was a gr- it was a great result for my bet step because as James mentioned we had the under. However, however, let me just take a little shot here at the freaking Los Angeles Chargers because the last team on my bet slip was the Los Angeles Chargers to win against the Panthers, and they didn't, and that cost me two hundred twenty pounds. I'm How really many pounds? About it. <laughs> I get, I caught, I managed to go through that whole overtime period without a point being scored by <laughs> day. No. No, 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 no. No, 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 How did the Chargers lose that? I'm sure we'll talk about this game in a bit, but how did they lose that? That was just... I mean... Actually, that reminds I mean, me, Rob. I've got a bone to pick with you. Oh, go on. What have I done now? Betting for the MK Dons against the mighty crew Alexandra. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, there's a lot. I I had to check whether that was why you were in Torquay, and then I remembered differently. um, Yeah, MK Dons, they're they're a weird team, aren't they? But um, I used to to live five minutes from the ground, so I used to go quite a bit. Um, Yeah, not not again. Anyway, uh, going back to Greg Ward, I started him in two fantasy leagues leagues this week, and both of them teams won, so happy days for me. Who's the Eagles week four matchup? Done the crowd. I was about to say, I'll tell you. I'll tell you on. Uh, I'll tell you on Friday. When it's the, uh... <laughs> You'll have to tune in to find out. Yeah, <laughs> teaser. Um, oh, it's something like football. Spoiler it's, alert! It's away at the Niners. 
course it is. I've put the Monday off work for it. So, duh. Yeah. <laughs> so a team that has no healthy pass catchers against a team that has barely any players. Mm. It's going to be riveting. Yes. Speaking of a team without any players, can we talk about uh, Denver? Uh, yeah, Shout Denver. Team. Um, was there actually any notable offensive players go out of this game on Sunday? Um, Jeff Driscoll. <laughs> he got replaced by Brett Riffey. <laughs> Sorry, I, I, I did. I did ask fantasy relevant. Um, James, J- James, didn't you start Jeff Driscoll in one league? Um, did did, you, trade for, did you trade for him? <laughs> oh, the, well, the, the thing was, that was the league where he was the only available quarterback and I, he was kind of backed <laughs> into a corner. Uh, you'll, be not, you'll not be surprised to hear that I didn't win that one. But then again, my friend <laughs> had Kamara, Ridley and Ertz, I think. So I, was, I, I looked, to get, looked at that match and I said, it doesn't really matter who my quarterback is, I've lost. Um, it, 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 it was playing Mitchell Trubisky in a league that was the step too far. Mm. Well, it could have been worse. It, you know, um, it could be Sam, Sam Donald, who I, I project with, to be the worst quarterback. I think he was on the week. I suppose with um, Denver, the only other relevant injury is Jarrell Casey, if you have the Denver defense, because that was what was holding them together, was they still had some pieces on defense so if you did have their defensive fantasy but now he's torn his bicep <laughs> um i mean denver they're not relevant in nf in the league in the afc west at all and they're not relevant in fantasy now as as next so, up they get the jets uh yes <laughs> <laughs> let's leave that conversation for later because we might yeah. need the rest of the podcast for that one yeah as, yeah as i was about to say let's let's not spoil too much of the uh, of the thursday night football Preview. We're going long tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and then let's look at some of the other notable injuries as well. Both Russell Gage and Deontay Johnson had head injuries. Of course, both part of uh, great passing offences that, we, that we've that we seen so far. Uh, Russell Gage meant that Calvin Ridley was able to get 13 targets, even though he only hauled in five of them. And I just feel like with Julio out, Russell Gage out, Deontay Johnson is going to get covered more and more and more. And we spoke about this on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. While you've got Julio Jones opposite you, you're always going to be in single coverage. But Julio Jones is out. Russell Gage went out of this game. So it's going to become increasingly difficult for Calvin Ridley to, to put fantasy, even though he did have another, another stellar game just gone. And Deontay Johnson has got a concussion, so he will likely miss probably next week and maybe maybe the week after as well. Brian Edwards. Uh, Brian Edwards was all about the, the season hype train going into going into the season. Uh, he left the game with an ankle injury, although there are plenty of other receiving options there in the Raiders. They didn't look too good against the Patriots this weekend, just gone. Tariq Cohen, torn his ACL. He misses the rest of the season. That is not a good one for Bears fans. Gents, how are the Bears 3-0 is the question I want to ask you right now. Witchcraft. It's the only <laughs> explanation I have is sheer witchcraft. Because Mitch Tr- because David Montgomery, because Matt Nag, because Daryl Patter, because their <laughs> defense, because they've had three matchups where it's either been their worst, their worst, 
or they're the Atlanta Falcons. Um, uh, To be honest, it's one of those, you know, if there wasn't a choking hazard, there'd be no hazard at all. Yeah, we we don't want to go too much into the reason why they're good because that will spoil my fantasy MVP of the weekend. But uh, Tariq Cohen going certainly is great. Uh, Rob, I think we had a conversation a few weeks ago about David Montgomery's yards per carry. And uh, you attributed the fact that it was below four to the, him being a rookie. We're not seeing anything different yet. What is his yards per carry on the season? Uh, last week it was like last week it was like five point nine. Uh, he's had two three. He's had two that started a three. So that's that's three in my book. Hang on a second. Right. Let me just start by saying David Montgomery looks a lot better than what he did last year. He had a bit of a rough week this week. I will admit it. It was rubbish. Um, but he is currently on... He, what are you on about, man? His, 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 his current season... Oh, God. Let me get my words out here. His current season yards per average is 4.4. 4. 4. 4. Oh, he's fine. It's fine. That's like, what, just above average? What's the average? 4.3? Yeah, 4.4. He's fine. He'll be fine this year. Look, it's a it's an offense which is testing. It's um, Nick Foles is now coming in. It's not going to be Mitch the bitch. Uh, sorry, it's not going to be Mitch Trubisky. Um, I think David Montgomery is fine. And obviously, injury news. Yeah, it's going to be great. David Montgomery trade four. He better be in your trade article this week. I could could write about trading for David Montgomery. <laughs> he was my sit of the game for them this week. Um, and I just mean, it, it was just uh, reading back through my analysis of it. And the, I say here the Bears are a soft two and O team, um, and I basically make a case to say the Falcons are going to win the game. And I, just, <laughs> I still can't get my head around how they have lost it. I think I'm Vegas made a case. Off. Yeah, Vegas made a case for the Falcons winning the game. I think at one point they were 99% to win the game. The Bears scored 20 points, unanswered points in the fourth quarter. What are you doing, Atlanta? They are the first team in history to overcome two 16-point fourth quarter deficits um, in the same season, and (laughs) and they've done it in three weeks. So... What a crazy, crazy start to the season. But yeah, Tariq coming out, which is not good. Um, and then apart from that, we've got a Pittman ankle injury. I believe he's had surgery now. So uh, he's had surgery on that. He looks to come back after the the Colts bye uh, for week eight. And Mike Williams also left the game with a hamstring injury. But judging by the fact that Herbert is peppering all of his targets towards Austin Eckler and Keenan Allen, that's not going to be too much of a bad thing because... Uh, yeah, it's like Philip Rivers 2.0 there in Los Angeles. Okay, so we have discussed the injuries. Like I say, it's not been as catastrophic as last week, but still plenty to, to look for. And it will certainly keep Rob on his toes with his injury article headed into week four. And now we look at our fantasy MVPs for week three. Dave, who was your fantasy MVP? Well, I since you give me first pick, I am going to jump right in there and say Rex Burkhead, because I think he's everyone's fantasy MVP. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> because if you've started him, Mr. Fotheringham, then <laughs> what, <laughs> what, what are you doing? 
I mean, fair enough. If you picked her up in a very, very deep, you know, sixteen-team league, you know, three running backs, two flexes, whatever, and you've started him, fair enough. But you couldn't have imagined that Rex Burkhead is going to go ahead and score, you know, north of thirty points. You, you think he, he might get a score at the goal line, and you think as an RB four or a flex two, he's done his job. Good on you, Rex. But I mean, what I, I'm giving him this fantasy MVP for as well is because it's not going to happen again this season. There is absolutely no way that Rex Burkhead does this again this season. I mean, the over-under on him getting another three touchdowns this season, I'd be thinking about that. It, it was a classic Bill Belichick sort of, I'm going to use this one guy for this game. That's it. And I know he was getting more action in week two as well. But it's not happening in week four. But fair play to your Rex. MVP for me this week. I won't see you again this season. <laughs> the, yeah, league where right. I pl- the league where I played him, we have no IR. So um, basically, it, it's a bit annoying, but you, know, you have to live with it. My bench was Christian McCaffrey, Raheem Mostert, DJ Shark, Debo Samuel, and Dallas Goddard. So Lest we forget. <laughs> and um, I had, basically, I had no second running back. So I was scouring the waiver wire because uh, whoever had been my first choice got ruled out. Um, and I dropped him a while back. So I ended up dropping Kendrick Bourne to pick up Rex Burkhead and play him. So, um, yeah, that, that, that's one of those decisions that will go down in the that's never happening again column. Yeah, and Bill Belichick, of course, he is renowned for... Mixing it up with his running backs, you can never trust the Patriots running back, apart from LeGarrette Blunt a couple of years ago where he just got a touchdown in every single game of the season. And James White is also a, a solid PPR start. Of course, he was he was out again this week due to personal issues, which all of our thoughts go out to him and his family at this terrible time. So... Rex Burkhead, why not? Uh, he was he was trending on sleeper just before the game, and I was one of those people thinking, "Nah, come on, guys, let's 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 not be going with Rex Burkhead." But it's like when you see a celebrity trending on Twitter that you haven't heard of in a while, you go, "Oh no!" And then you go, on there, "Oh no, it's okay, it's okay." <laughs> they're still around. Turns out they're starting. <laughs> Yeah, Rex Burkhead was very much the opposite of uh, deceased in this weekend, just gone. But um, please, 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 this is a spoiler for the waiver wide bit. Please, please, please don't go pick up Rex Burkhead if he's on your waivers because it will never happen. It'll probably happen in like week 13 or 14 or something, but it is impossible to predict when he will break out again. And next we head over to you, James. Who was your fantasy MVP for week three? Well, most people have expected people like Kamara, Wilson and Lockett to come up here, but I'm going to give a little bit of love to Alan Lazard. We've been questioning for, a you know, ever since the season started, who's the wide receiver too, between Lazard and MVS. And then when Devontae Adams went out, it's like, who's the wide receiver one? And in this game against the Saints, Alan Lazard was the guy who got all the love from Aaron Rodgers. Um Eight targets, six receptions, 146 yards and a touchdown. And then a rushing attempt for negative two yards. So we'll not, we'll not, he's not a rusher. So let's ignore <laughs> that. But 146 yards, they, you, I thought they were going to miss Devontae Adams a lot more than they did. And uh, that was, it was just really, really strong route running again. 
And for someone who was undrafted and I believe picked up by the Jaguars, you know, in the sort of preseason a few years back and then cut in those preseasons to then end up as, you know, the number two receiver for Aaron Rodgers, just what a run he's had. He bailed me out of um, my guillotine league where, you know, the lowest score runs out. And if he'd have hit up a zero, I was, I was cooked. (laughs) If he put a goose egg out, I was roasted, but he put up over 20 points and that was me up in mid table. So suddenly I've got a few weeks leave. So uh, yeah, he's my hero this week. Yeah, but it wasn't just that as well because he got the all important pass interference call against him. Uh, yeah. That set up the the Aaron Jones, uh, not Aaron Jones. It set up the no, it, 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 it should, yeah, it should have been Aaron Jones uh, from the one yard line. I was I was raging because I had um, a bet on Alvin Kamara and Aaron Jones both to get two plus touchdowns at sixteen to one. Yes, sir, yeah. same here. Yeah. And, <laughs> I was just screaming at the officials uh, this afternoon when I watched it back to say, that's a touchdown, that's a touchdown, give it to him. But obviously, I knew I'd already lost the bet, so um, see, it wasn't the case. But yeah, uh, Lazard got the all-important touchdown, uh, sorry, pass interference call against him, which, which set up the touchdown to, to ultimately win the Packers the game. And we, we've talked on the show previously about who's a wide receiver to, who's a wide receiver to. And Lazard was the was the consensus favourite, and now he's stepping up to be that wide receiver one. So James, fully on board with you there. Aaron Rodgers, he is playing with the biggest chip on his shoulder. He is going out there to prove that point, and he's saying to the Packers, "You know what?" And it makes me think because AJ Dillon's not getting used either. How good would the Packers be this year with a first and a second round pick injected into them? So maybe maybe this is it. Maybe they did just think. We're good enough. We're good enough to win the Super Bowl with this roster. We don't need that first or second round pick. We're going to start future planning now because we are good enough anyway. So maybe. I don't know. But imagine how good they'd be with a first and second round pick on their roster as well. On defense, it might have helped them. But uh, it's just a weird season in general. You could pick anything. Yeah, exactly. And it is the James connection. So we've gone from James Fotheringham to Rob's pick. A little bit of a spoiler there, but Rob, who was your fantasy MVP of the weekend? I could change it now and make you look like a complete twat. <laughs> I really could get that. Um, uh, <laughs> I won't. I will stick with my guns, and that is uh, James Robinson. Uh, look, we spoke about him on Saturday, so I'm not going to like, wax lyrical for, for another half an hour now on James Robinson, but he looks like the real deal. Um, he, he looks like he, well, he is the main guy in Jacksonville. Um, game scripts have been fine for the running game. Um, I think that there'll be times where the running, the, the game script won't be so good, um, favorable. Um, however, he's used in the passing game. So I, I do genuinely think James Robinson is a locked and loaded RB two for the rest of the season. Now um, he was the, RB5 on the week, RB3, RB, RB3 on the week, yeah. Um, yeah, the league I'm looking at anyway. So yeah, fantastic week from him uh, on a depleted and we're not sure what the heck's going on Jacksonville team. Um, and this is the shining light, James Robinson, come from nowhere, UDFA, um, going the same route as Philip Lindsay. So, so fair play to him um, and he's my MVP of the week. 
Yeah, and like you said, there's, there's loads of UDFAs. Austin Eckler is another prime example of someone who has proven it against all odds. And obviously NFL scouts put all of their effort into scout college players, but you can never be 100% sure going into the yeah. draft. And there are these players, the first-round picks, top-five picks that are busts, <coughs> Mitch Trubisky. And uh, <laughs> there are there are these undrafted free agents that just step up and ball yeah. and earn their career. So. And worth mentioning, um, I should have mentioned it when I was talking about him, uh, the reason he's my MVP is because he got um, in and around 28 fantasy points, depending on your scoring. Uh, he was uh, 11 for 46 on the ground with two touchdowns and six receptions and 83 yards in the passing game. So there you go. Uh, like I said, if he's using the passing game, he's, he's locked and loaded. Put him in your... Put him in your lineups and don't worry about him. James Robinson is a fantastic find if you've dropped, if you've picked him up on waivers, and yeah, plug him in. And that is despite the Jaguars getting battered. So they they have had a few competitive games this season, but Miami yeah. did hand it to them, and James Robinson still pulled through. And speaking of Robinsons, that leads me on to my MVP of the week, and that is Alan Robinson, the Chicago Bears wide receiver. And it has finally happened. Mitch Trubisky is on the bench. Nick Falls is in, which, in my opinion, can only heighten Alan Robinson's fantasy production. He had 13 targets against the Falcons. He had 10 receptions, 123 yards and one touchdown. Prior to Nick Falls coming in, 40% of Alan Robinson's targets weren't catchable, which, yeah, that's a ridiculous stat. By how I am shocked. <laughs> How is Alan Robinson ever supposed to succeed with with Mitch Trubisky throwing to him? But it was just it was just he got a touchdown almost immediately after Foles came into the game. Uh, Robinson, uh, sorry, Foles has already been named as the starter for Week Four, which suggests that I think Matt Nagy he was under a lot of pressure to name Trubisky the the starter for the for the season. Look, we've we've invested this draft capital into this guy. Let's start him for the season and. They've just looked for any opportunity to, to bench him because we've got John Filippo in there in, in Chicago. There's a lot of coaching staff that is very familiar with Nick Foles. And Nick Foles is going to come in now and he's not going to set the world on fire. But at the same time, he did win the Eagles Super Bowl pretty much single-handedly and he won the MVP for that game. So he will come in and he will be serviceable. And Alan Robinson is the main beneficiary of that. So my fantasy MVP for the weekend, 123 yards and a touch. And it would have been even more if Foles had have started the game. So I take my hat off to you, Alan Robinson. Dave, back to you. Who is the honourable mention? Who is the guy that you were considering but didn't quite make it? So the, I had a few guys down here. Um, but I will go, again, a little bit off piece. And uh, Dontrell Inman, the Washington football team. I've got, I've got him in a loser league where you're meant to score as few points as possible. And two weeks running now, he's done it. And <laughs> I was watching Red Zone last night, and I see him holding a score and start cursing the TV. I think, oh, it's just one. We'll be fine. And the guy comes away nearly scoring 20 fantasy points. And it's, it's Washington. They're not meant to be doing anything. And I, if he's going to be the only viable target in Washington for Dwayne Haskins, then... Go pick him up because it's not just a one-off like Rex Burke has. Um, he's done it two weeks running now where he's grabbed himself a score. And in deep leagues, he could be a viable pickup. I'm just going to look at Washington's forthcoming schedule. 
Yeah, I'm going to regret saying this. Uh, next two games are the Ravens and the Rams. <laughs> but still, for me, it, it was an honourable mention for him. And then um, I'll show some love as well to a New Orleans Saint, my team. Um, his arm strength is under question, but Drew Brees, you know, he got 23 and a half points. It wasn't setting the world on fire, but against a good Packers team, yeah, without Michael Thomas, I think he was pretty serviceable, considering that more favourable options like Cam Newton scored half those points. So if you were stuck with Breeze for a week, then hey, good for you. I don't know. I'm sure I could score 23 fantasy points if I'm dumping the ball off five yards to Alvin Kamara 13 times a game. <laughs> the, the tactic of the Saints offence, give it to Kamara, break tackles. And send Eric McCoy downfield as well. There were some nice passes in there, all of them under 20 yards, of course. But um, it was more, you know, the production of him, because that's the only way Saints are going to function without Michael Thomas. And even with Michael Thomas, is just Breeze getting into a rhythm and firing that ball. And he, you know, threw three scores, no interceptions. He did. He did. Um, he didn't lose a fumble, but he did fumble the ball once. Um, I, I was pretty impressed with him. And the Saints have not got off to a good start, but they have faced the Bucks, the Raiders who aren't rubbish, and the Packers, um, things should get easier for them in the coming weeks. And I'd be surprised if Breeze isn't more of an honourable mention, more so than uh, Don Schellenman against two of the best defences in the league. That was a short side of me. <laughs> well, you've, you've put Don Inman in your honourable mentions, but mm. surely he'd be better off as your fantasy bust if you played him in a loser league? <laughs> <laughs> We love that yeah. league so much between the group of us. To be it's my favourite league. It's, it's yeah. I love it, but it's infuriated. So good. <laughs> Cooper Cup, great. He was fantastic this week. I, I, I like Cooper Cup for me is he was he was a wide receiver five in my in my preseason rankings, and he's not lived up to that at all. He needed this game. He needed to get going. Um, over a hundred yards receiving, uh, hundred and seven with a touchdown. Um, this is the start, and um, yeah, uh, I, I would say that he's a buying, a trade for candidate. Um, yeah, happy with that. So glad. Yeah, he was someone that we raved about. He was one of my sleepers for the season, which. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, <good. laughs> oh yeah. You, you all gave me some stick about, but um, finally we, we saw a game from Cooper Cup that made you just think, you know what, that's why we drafted him. That's why we're playing him after a couple of disappointing weeks to start the season. James, who is your honourable mention? Uh, Daryl Henderson, because if it wasn't Burkhead, it was Henderson who I ended up playing in a few leagues. 20, 20 rushes, 114 yards and a touchdown, and an extra reception for six yards to boot on top of that. So, cracking game. It's it's one of those strange practices where we started the season and we're like, oh, it's going to be a three-headed monster. going to be Henderson, Akers, and Brown. And then as injuries have settled and things have just got weird because 2020, um, Henderson's found himself an opportunity. And uh, against um, Buffalo, he quite literally ran with it. Um, say huge day, bailed me out in a few leagues. Um, that, that call last week where I said he's one of my fancy waiver pickups, and I was questioning it on Friday, um, I shouldn't have doubted myself on that one. It, he, he turned out just fine. But, uh, 
yeah, Daryl Henderson's solid there, and that might be a scene of things going forwards. And mine, we've already briefly discussed him on the podcast, but it is Austin Eckler, the running back in Los Angeles. We drafted him in some scenarios as a first-round pick, so should he be really getting these accolades, I don't know. But in the first couple of weeks, he left us a little bit worried, especially after week one where Terod Taylor targeted him zero times. But in this one, it wasn't the most prolific day on the ground for him as the Panthers came over a surprise win against the Chargers. He rushed the ball 12 times, which did lead the team for 59 yards and a touchdown. But he had 11, that is 11 targets for 11 receptions and 84 yards. So a monster PPR day for Austin Eckler there. And it would have been even more. So on the last play of the game, when the Chargers were vying to beat the Panthers um, towards the very end of the game, there was a hook and ladder attempt where Keenan Allen received the ball. He tried to toss it to Eckler, who had so much space to just run the board into the end zone. But unfortunately, the pass was a little bit, well, the uh, the lateral was a little bit behind Eckler. He failed to catch it, and that technically went against a fumble for Keenan Allen, which was a little bit harsh. So Eckler would have had a even bigger day if, if he'd have been able to convert that, but still very encouraging with Justin Herbert under centre. And that leads me on to a, another honourable mention, and that is Keenan Allen, who had 19 targets. And that was 13 receptions, 132 yards and a touch. Herbert is... he's, he's not done particularly well. He's lost two games, but from a fantasy perspective, that certainly helps out Eckler and Allen, who we drafted high up in our drafts. So play them with confidence moving forward because Herbert needs those dump-off options and Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler are going to be the main beneficiaries there. And then we flip the coin. We look at the busts. Dave, we've already talked about your Dontrell Inman bust in your loser league, but uh, <laughs> who, is, who is your bust in normal scoring leagues? So this is almost a twofer because I, I, after the Dontrell Inman embarrassment, I'll give myself a little bit of love here. In my start sits for the Patriots Raiders game, I had my sit of the game is Darren Waller, who after Bill Belichick gave him a load of love, I think he had nine yards receiving and that was it. Um, so after such a strong game against the Saints, he was nothing fantasy-wise. But I, I, I sort of saw that coming a little bit, not to that extent, but I didn't think he was going to blow up like he did against New Orleans. And my other one comes from the same game where it was my start of the game, and that was Cam Newton. And I was expecting plenty, but he only ended up rocking up with about 11 or 12 points um, in total. And... I was expecting a score. I, I don't know if I was getting greedy because of the first two weeks, but obviously Rex Burkhead has put paid to that. So yeah, Darren Waller for me uh, as a, a sort of joint loser, I suppose, or joint bust award to Waller and Cam Newton. Yeah, you've, you've, we've had Rex Burkhead as the as the MVP and Cam Newton. I think it's going to be one of those weeks where obviously Rex Burkhead took the goal line work away from Cam and maybe that was because of the disappointment at the end of the Seattle game the week before that so it is very much a Russian team this year and some weeks Cam is going to be the beneficiary and some weeks some random running back I'm sure we've not seen I'm sure there's a running back not on the Patriots roster currently that is going to be the beneficiary of some of those goal line backs at some point throughout the season James who have you got as your fantasy bust for the week? 
there's no shortage of options, but you know, we've we've talked about a few already on the podcast. Um, bear in mind, well, Dallas Goddard, RIP. Um, David Montgomery's <laughs> been back, was pretty bad as well. Same game as what Dave talked about in Julian Edelman, but we need to talk about Joe Mixon. 7.5 points in PPR, and he's he's still got a job, but he's not producing for fantasy teams at the moment. He still had 17 attempts, 49 yards, and two receptions for 16, but it's not the Joe Mixon we all drafted in the second, third, fourth round, depending on your uh, settings, depending on what your roster constructions were. And, you know, that's three pretty disappointing weeks for someone that you drafted high up. And I think there's a lot of articles going around at the moment where people are sort of saying, you know, do you get rid of him? Is he a trade for? Is he a trade away? What's actually happening? Is Borough just not comfortable with him? Or are they just happy to try out the new toy all the time? But, you know, if if you own Mixon, it's, it's a worrying time. Let me jump in here, James, because I owe Mixon everywhere because he was one of my top targets this offseason during the draft. I have this internal battle because in my home league, I am currently, my home league is my main league. It's a free league. It doesn't, there's no financial implications, but it's my favorite league because it's the first league that I ever created nine years ago. I notoriously lose that league. I always start, <laughs> I never, I don't think I've ever won week one. And I usually, I'm zero and two, zero and three. Last year, I was 0 and four and I made the, uh, I came third. Um, so not all is lost, but Mixon, I, I, I just quickly, I've got DeAndre Hopkins and Calvin Ridley in that team. That's like wide receiver one and wide receiver three. I've got Noah Fant and uh, Mike Gesicki at tight end. I've got Lamar Jackson as my quarterback. Right, so I've got, it's my running backs that let me down, and the main the main person there is Joe Mixon. Now I've had this internal battle because I woke up this morning or last night, and I put on my on our group WhatsApp group Joe Mixon for sale. Get him off my team. Don't care. He's been crap all year. And I'm not interested. I woke up this morning, went to work, and I've been thinking about this all day. What do I do with Joe Mixon? And genuinely, I've flipped. Last year, Joe Mixon did the same thing. He was in exactly the same boat. He was a trade away, trade for target. He wasn't doing much the first few weeks this season. And then he turned it around and ended up being a really good running back. I think the same is going to happen this year. Now that the Cincinnati Bengals are starting to get used to Joe Burrow, they're getting more comfortable. They're not looking bad. The Cincinnati Bengals are not looking bad. They're starting to get things wrong. There's been a lot of changes in that team. I think he's fine. Joe Mixon, and I think he's he can't get much worse. So there's no point trading him away now because there's only going to be better to come. So I've actually flipped completely right around. For last night, thinking, let's get him off my team. I'll get what I can for him and get, get him out because I need to win next week. Actually, I've turned around and thought, actually, no, I'll keep him. He's a keep candidate for me. And I'll try and flip another couple of pieces to get an RB2 in there. I'm really trying to get James Robinson in my team um, just as a bit of safety backup. But yeah, he's a polarizing figure this year, but he was this time last year as well. Don't forget that. And he did end up being good. And I'm confident, I am confident that when Cincinnati gets this game, gets this, gets in the flow of things, they're going to get naturally better. And that's going to naturally get Joe Mixon into the game and, and create fancy points. So he is a hold for me. Don't trade him away. 
You can't get anything for it if you're trying to trade him. Yeah, I think this yeah. is true. This is I agree. True. His trade value is too low. And bear in mind, the next few weeks, Jacksonville, away at Baltimore, away at Indy, Cleveland, Tennessee, by Pittsburgh. So it's oh, the game. He's not. <laughs> it's going to be week eleven before you really yeah. feel like he's in a plus matchup, apart from maybe um, the Cleveland game and the Jags game. So that's tough. And even the pretty good against the run. Indy are, I think, are the best in the league against the run at the moment, statistically. And then the Steelers are up there as well. <laughs> oh, so you, man. You, apart from this coming week against the Jags, it's week 11 before that turnaround is going to happen. So it's one of those, mm. can you wait that long? Effectively, what, you, what the tip here with Mixon is, wait until he's on by, see if people drop him or are thinking of trading. And at that point, pick him up. And then don't play him against Pittsburgh and then just hold for the rest of the season. But sure. uh, yeah, he was he was bad this week, and it's the the prognosis isn't great. But Bengals aren't a rushing team at the moment. I looked at the box score then; only Joe Burrow had a rush a rush, and it was a kneel down by the looks of it because it went for <laughs> minus one yard. Even Giovanni Bernard, the the other running back or the RB two there, he only just caught balls, so they're not running the ball with him. Oh, I, I think thought they, they would have done. I I I think Mixon had I think he had sixteen carries this week, didn't he? Yeah, he had plenty of carries. He just only went 49 yards. I, I think that's what I'm driving at. Is that they don't give him a break. It was 17 carries he had, but they so, don't yeah. seem to be able to give him a break on the run game. If yeah, they're not going to use Bernard in the run game. Oh, I see just, what you mean. I see what you mean, yeah. It's just weird what they're doing. Yeah. I'm just curious to know when a kneel down came in a tie. But... With the Eagles punting with 19 was, seconds left, was, and nothing was, surprises me. It must have been going into the half, maybe. Oh, no, uh, yeah, it must have been going into the half because the last play was you know, 80 yards from your own goal, uh, from the end zone, sorry, and they ran the ball with Mixon for an eight-yard gain and let time expire. Round of applause, please, for the Cincinnati Bengals. How not to how not to play in a tied game? <laughs> Americans just don't know how to do a tied game. They're like, oh, I don't know. If we tie, do we win still? Uh, I'll just keep accumulator going. Yeah, with with our football, it's just a, yeah, nice one point, nice solid yeah. one point. Just Call it a draw. Rob, you had enough to say about Joe Mixon. Who mm. have you got as your fantasy bus for the weekend? Yeah, I'll keep it sweet because I know we we are running low on time now. So um, I'm just going to mention Mike Williams. I know he got banged up in the third quarter and didn't do much in the fourth quarter, but he's just he's another one that's just like dirty in my team. I picked him up in the, like the last sort of round of drafts, thinking he could be an upside player because he's a red zone target. And week one, he looked great. Yeah, he's not been that um, since and. Yeah, I know he wasn't. He's not a trendy pick, and I know a lot of people probably didn't play him. But I think his this is more me saying he's a drop candidate now, more than more than a um, sort of a, a stinker of the week. But yeah, uh, Mike Williams, no good for me. And we flip back to myself, and it is Josh Jacobs. He is somebody who I was so high on headed into the season. He was propped one of my top five running backs in drafts, and. It, I say bust, I use the term loosely. He had 16 rushing attempts for 71 yards. He had four targets, which he turned into three receptions and 12 receiving yards. So in PPR, he didn't do too badly, but 12 receiving yards. If we're going to have that little, well, zero touchdown production and only 12 receiving yards, 
we are not going to get the return from Josh Jacobs that we expected from him. And I know that there were some drafts where Alvin Kamara was being drafted after him. And if you look at the performance he had last night, then Josh Jacobs, considering his draft capital, was a bust. He did also lose a fumble, which meant his fantasy production was reduced by two as well. And I just fear that there aren't going to be too many games for Josh Jacobs throughout this season that are going to be very similar with the negative game scripts and just battling teams like the Patriots, who many people head, head into the season were, were low on the Patriots. If the, if the Raiders are battling teams like the Patriots, then Josh Jacobs is not going to be a beneficiary of, of targets and carries. And there's just going to be too many games this season where he doesn't get that all-important touchdown and they're going to prefer receiving options because to only get four targets is not what we expected to see there. So, yeah, Josh Jacobs, I love you, but you are my fantasy bust for the week because you are not performing like the first-round player that you were drafted as. Okay, we turn our attention to the waivers. Uh, Keep your eyes peeled for the NFL hype train, courtesy of James tomorrow. Head over to at FTNYFantasy to see all of that. And James, we may as well start with you. Who is your top waiver pickup for this week without doing too many spoilers for the NFL hype train? Um, to be honest, I think you've got oh, your pick here is my uh, first class ticket. So I'm going to let you keep that one. I'm going to drop into second class like, well, like the citizen I am really, um, like the skint citizen <laughs> I am and go, into, and go for Brandon Ayuk. Um, because he was looking, he looked good for the 49ers this weekend, in my opinion. He seemed to be doing a lot of the gadget plays that Debo was doing last season, and he's he was looking really strong. He had a really good game. I was just trying to get his stat line up while we were uh, waiting, but he was used both in the rushing game and in the passing game. But he's more than just a gadget player. He has relevance just all over, and sometimes it's going to be another player like Debo where you don't necessarily know how best to cover him. So at the end of round where it's looking good, got a touchdown that method as well. So I think it went down as a rushing touchdown, which was pretty cool. But he's probably one of my top pickups because even with Debo coming back soon, he's due off IR hopefully in the next two weeks. But I haven't heard any real news about it. Because the new IR system means that you only have to be on injured reserve for three weeks before you're eligible to return. And I think they've remove the limit on number of players who can return all this due to COVID. So um, Debo could return any time after, I think it's pretty much any time after now, I believe. But um, yeah, Ayuk had five receptions for 70 yards and then three rushes for 31 yards and a touchdown. So it was a, it was a strong sideline and that offense just needs people like him to work regardless of who the quarterback is. So yeah, Brandon Ayuk's one of my top waiver pickups considering I had him in so many places and then dropped him when he was kind of having a slow start and I had you know injured players to have to fill in on benches. So uh, yeah, he's finally coming good. You say finally, like it's not week three of his rookie season with no preseason. Well, we raised about him so much in preseason, didn't we? Let's be honest. And we we were saying, yeah, pick him up in the you know double double digit rounds. He's going to be fantastic from the outset, especially now Devo's out. And then the first two weeks, it was just a bit twenty twenty. And then now now it's it's come quick. It's just the way the rosters have been flip flopping through injuries. Just been. You know, I've not known what with the what's going on with the waiver wire. Yeah, and that 49ers offense when Debo gets back with the weapons that they've got is going to be electric. Cannot wait to see that, regardless of who is under center. 
uh, Nick Mullins, who I berated on the the previous podcast, did did a very feasible job. But again, I'm pretty sure I could do an all right job against the New York Giants at quarterback. Dave, who have you got as your top waiver pickup this week? So the temptation was there for Nick Foles just to stick one in the eye for Mitchell Trubisky, um, as we can all celebrate Trubisky's inevitable demise from the roster of the Chicago Bears. However, um, someone that caught my eye yesterday was Gabriel Davis for the Buffalo Bills. Uh, John Brown's injured. Um, Don't know what it's going to be in terms of his time frame for coming back. It's a calf injury, so they might rest him. Uh, for week four at the Raiders, I think they are. But Davis had four targets, caught all of them, 81 yards. And in the week prior against the Dolphins, uh, scored a touchdown as well. He hasn't had amazing production so far this season, but so he did have John Brown. Davis might be worth looking at on the waiver wire because the Bills' offense looks legit as well. It looks brilliant. I'm really excited for it. So, yeah, Gabriel Davis will be my waiver wire target. And how about yourself, Rob? Um, I was just having a flick through. Um, Greg Ward, we've mentioned, because obviously Philadelphia, doing Philadelphia things, so he'd be a good lad. Um, and I was just looking deeper into Indy, because um, obviously with Pittman now out with having surgery, and the still the severity of um, Paris Campbell's injuries, I don't think it's still been released how bad that is, but... I've, with that in mind, and with the sort of downslide that we're seeing with T.Y. Hilton, two obvious one, well, one obvious one that I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, sorry, Eugene, Eugene Hilton, um, <laughs> Eugene, um, yeah, it's it's Zach Pascal. Um, he is still hanging around in Indy. Uh, he had a good season last year. Um, and one deep, deep, deep sleeper. If you're in like ridiculously deep leagues. Doris Fountain, um, this guy uh, looked electric last year when we when we picked him up. Uh, I think we drafted him in like the sixth round, like fifth round last year. Um, sat on our practice squad, uh, had a couple of snaps at the end of the season, um, did well again in the off season, but then again found himself in the practice squad. He's just been promoted. Um, I think he got three point three fantasy points this week, so he could be a deep deep sleeper. One um, who's a talented guy, but you know will need an opportunity. He might just have it now. There we go. And finally, we look to me, and it's a guy that I've bigged up all off-season. It is Justin Jefferson. He had a breakout game. It was nine targets, seven receptions, 175 receiving yards and a touch. He had a big TD, and it looked like he'd been in the NFL for years when he walked that in because the swagger going over the goal line. It was a large target share, and Kirk Cousins has relied on Adam Thielen in the first couple of weeks. Uh, obviously, he had Stefan Diggs there as well. So if he can, if he can maybe transfer some of the trust over to Justin Jefferson, then he is going to be in for a big season. Minnesota looked to put their week two quarrels at bay, and Dalvin Cook had a career high rushing yards as well, 185, 182. I want to say one of those two figures. But yeah, the Vikings looked a lot better uh, than they did in the previous couple of weeks. We tipped the the Vikings and the Titans to be on the under. Yeah, we went wrong with that one. I do apologise, and I also have the Titans to cover the spread. So the Titan, and I also was playing against Derek Henry in my home league as well. So. Yeah, it was all in all a terrible game, apart from the fact that Justin Jefferson went off. So can't wait to see him for the rest of the season.
And finally, we'll close out the show with our top trade buys and our top trade sells. Rob, who are you buying? Who are you selling? Buy. Rex Burkhead. <laughs> <laughs> buy James Robinson. Uh, buy James Robinson. Buy Noah Fant. Sell Corey Davis. And sell. Actually, buy David Montgomery. There you go. I'll finish with that. James, who are you buying? Who are you selling? Buy Tariff, but buy Miles Sanders purely because the Eagles' offense needs something. Um, maybe quite, a, maybe quite a high tariff, but um, I just think he is a top running back at the moment. And sell Kenyon Drake while you can, because Rob's been right all preseason. Yeah, there's so many people on Twitter like Kenyon Drake to bust this season. Who who predicted that? And I'm just like Rob. Bag me, me. But I also go back to Dave. You you called Hayden Hurst. He's had quite the start to the season. I'm all over it. <laughs> I'm absolutely loving it. Although, although, um, oh, I'll just rein it in a little bit. He had a very Mike Evans week this week in that he had one. I knew that was coming. <laughs> <laughs> he had the one reception, which just happened to be a touchdown. But 6.10 points. Thank you. Or seven if it's in a PPR league. Thank you and good night. <laughs> and I think it was on the like the early in the game as well. So I was just sat there rubbing my hands going, here we go. Going to be a big day for Hayden. Uh, there was nothing else which is a bit upset. And then Jimmy Graham, sorry to go off pizza, Jimmy Graham getting two scores. What the hell is that all about? The Mitch effect. Yep. Anyway, would you like my uh, buys and sets? Hey, yeah, I would, please. Thank you. Yeah, uh, well, I'll give them to you. Um, it's Browns orientated, Browns heavy. Um, if you've got the capital, go after the backfield, Chubb or Hunt, doesn't matter either way, because they're going for the ground game. And... <laughs> As far as I'm concerned, sell the receivers, Landry, Beckham, and even Austin Hooper, who I was down on at the start of the season. I really think that the Browns now are going to be ground game. And I feel like I might have taken the backfield away from you there, Dave. Uh, <laughs> Kareem Hunt specifically. Um, we'll, ah. we'll, we'll go into my buy. So Kareem Hunt, he's had 12, 24, and 15 PPR points to start the season. And that is technically as the as the running back two in that backfield. He is currently the running back twelve on the season. And if Nick Chubb was to go down, which of course we we hope doesn't happen, he is the running back one in my opinion. He's got plenty of work on the ground, plenty of work in the air, and he is looking good there in Cleveland. Of course, Nick Chubb, let's like say. We're not going to plan for an injury because, of course, you can't do that in fantasy football. But but Nick Chubb's getting certainly the, the work there as well. So I'm all over buying those, those running backs there. And my sell, I am selling Todd Gurley. He, he's, he's had a, an okay amount of, of, of work, to be fair, so far in Atlanta uh, in games where they've got up and then they've obviously blown the lead. So they've been trying to, to pass the ball to, to end the game but his lack of receiving work has been a big worry. And Brian Hill is just that nagging person there behind him that is just stealing carries. It was a 14-9 to split on carries, Gurley to, to Hill, which isn't... Yeah, I am worrying about it because, because Gurley's not getting the, the full complement of work. Brian Hill, who didn't get drafted, is, is starting to still carries there. And he had a 
touchdown, a long touchdown where he looked really good. So I am starting to worry about Todd Gurley because he's not that explosive self that, that we've been accustomed to. So he did get a few fantasy points this weekend. So I'm just trying to sell him when I can. I, I not personally, but as a fantasy player, I hate Todd Gurley. Anyone that I've seen with Todd Gurley in their team, I thought, what are you doing? Because the guy can't be trusted. And more to your point, Dave, about Brian Hill, you know, getting up there with you know, parity in terms of carries. He had more, it was only one more target, but he still had three targets to Gurley's two uh, in the catching game. And that one reception he had went for 22 yards. Gurley's one reception was two. So, yeah. you know, if you're looking for someone in the flat, then Brian Hill seems to be becoming a more viable option. And with an imminent coaching change in Atlanta, <laughs> who knows what's going to happen? Yeah, and... In Atlanta, that Matt Ryan is going to throw the ball 600, 650 times this year. And Julio Jones is out. Russell Gage is out. Mm-hmm. You, you start to, you start to, and uh, obviously, um, Hayden Hurst, as we've just mentioned, had the one reception. Who is getting the ball if it's not Todd Gurley? If Todd Gurley can't get receptions in an offense that is destined to pass the ball with its top pass catchers out, it's a bad job and I'm just trying to get rid of him now as much as possible because he's put up the fantasy numbers in the first three weeks of the season, but I do not think it's sustainable and I am trying to get rid. And finally, we turn our attention to Thursday night football and... Glad we saved an hour of the podcast for this. Yes. (laughs) Let's get into it. It's been one of those... It's been one of those. So, where... joining us on Saturday when we go through. <laughs> <laughs> and look, we, we started off in week two with the Browns and the Bengals. And I was in two minds as to whether to stay up for that one. And yeah, I decided to stay up and got rewarded with a good game. Week three was the Dolphins and the Jaguars. Even more so was like, oh, do I stay up for this one? I did. And yeah, it was, it was a good enough game. But this week, the Broncos and the Jets. It's like the NFL is trying to get low audience figures with these games just to try and finally pull the plug on Thursday Night Football. This is quite possibly going to end 3-3. It's not going to be a pretty game. There's zero fantasy relevance from this one. Is anybody staying up for this? Yes. I, I'd move on to night shifts on the Friday night, so I need to stay up late on the Thursday. Um, I, was, I was about so to say, are I, you getting paid to stay up, Dave? Uh, <laughs> I, I am really excited for the toilet bowl. Let's, uh, call, <laughs> let, let's call a spade a spade. If the South Park cast are in this stage of again, that's going to be the highlight. And if one of the teams <laughs> decides to wear their... Um, uh, what they called the color rush. rush color rush jerseys that's also going to be the highlight and that's about it when you flick onto nfl.com in the morning to watch the match highlights that's all you're going to see you're going to see a jersey and you're going to see a lot of south park figurines in the in the stadium and it's going to be end of clip oh i'll try and make a case for this here uh, i was half joking about braxton berrios but he's had double digit uh, points last fortnight Dave, shut up. We're not talking about Braxton Berrios. <laughs> no, you're right. You're not wrong, actually. Um, no, and, and you're Barry right Barry. as well, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, did, I don't know if everyone noticed on Saturday when I said um, Braxton Berrios might be a thing. Did anyone hear that? Go listen to the Saturday show. You'll hear me say it. Yeah, we did. I actually came up in my 24-team league, the one where I played Driscoll. And, yeah. you know, I mean, <laughs> what a Jeff Driscoll play. 
Uh, I mean, to be honest, this matchup on Thursday night, I'm not even sure they could put together an NFL team between them at the moment in terms of healthy players. I mean, Becton's out as well, then. Good Lord. Yeah. So, James, if you're playing Braxton Berrios and, Je- and Jeff Driscoll, you should probably re-watch this game. <laughs> um, to be honest, no. Um, <laughs> I don't, I'd rather not watch... You know, it's like I would rather not look back at the Titanic sinking. I'd rather be paddling the hell away from it, to be honest. Uh, it's how it feels with this one. Just, just, just let it... Yeah, I think. So here's a question as before we leave. Um, so my one of my prediction predictions, one of my predicaments this week is going to be: Do I start Noah Fant or do I start uh, Mike Gesicki? Who have the Dolphins got in week four? Uh, the Seahawks away. Oh God! Um, well, the Seahawks have given up yardage, and the Dolphins so, have a quarterback. So mm-hmm. I, I'm sitting fans. I'd, I'd start Gesicki personally, James. I'd reluctantly start Fant just because I have a bit of a feeling this game is going to be an after you, no after you, no after you kind of game where no team wants to win and no defense will turn up. Dav, Dav, before you say what you're about to say, I promise you, and I will on camera right now set, I can't set my line up because we're not at the end of the week yet. Uh, I promise you, whatever you say now, you're going to split these two and I'm starting whoever you're picking. After the conversation we just said, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I am in agreement with James. Oh, I'm going for Fant because he is one of the very, very few bright sparks in this matchup. And, and he's going to get injured. Oh, yeah, damn it. No, I can't, do, I can't believe I've just asked. I can't believe I've just taken this advice from the tight end killer himself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think yeah, uh, play the opposite to what I suggest. Just, just for reference, by the way, just for reference for people who want to know, when in the league that Dave is killing tight ends, it is currently Hayden Hurst and OJ Howard in his lineup. He did beat me in that league this week, and neither of them went down injured. Um, but uh, owners of those, uh, just go on watch, okay? Yeah. So no offense, let's go. And I think that's because one part of me, I always try and force somebody into my lineup that's playing in the primetime games just so I can watch, especially so yeah. with the London games, just I will force somebody into my lineup just so I can watch and, and cheer them on. And that's probably going to be the case with Thursday Night Football. I'll force Noah Fant into my lineup just so I can, well, I've already said I'm not going to stay up for it, but I'll, I will watch him. Dave? Uh, I did that this week just gone uh, when I saw DJ Chark wasn't going to play I dropped Hollywood Brown for LaVisca Chanel and I feel like an absolute moron luckily I've already won that matchup it, uh, there's no way uh, all players have played out now but I woke up and saw 3.4 points I went oh god what well, have I done yeah so they're not played yeah. yet so actually he could probably get he could get a goose egg tonight and you could actually have won that anyway <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, it, if Hollywood Brown gets a goose egg tonight, I will be staggered. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what, yeah. I'm in a real tight game tonight. Uh, my op, uh, we're really tight. Uh, I think I'm leading by about ten points. He's got Lamar Jackson. I've got Hollywood Brown. So oh, yeah, that's going to be a nightmare. And me and Dave have got a matchup where 
he's had all his players go. I've got Hollywood Brown left, and I'm 16 behind. And the projection on Sleeper is 15. So it's that's going to be that's one where I am just yeah fingers crossed on that one because I can't I couldn't live with having a double L. Yeah, because the the auction league I've I've wiped the floor. Oh, you you crushed you've crushed that you've totally done me there. Yeah, it's been a, I mean, a double- Alvin Kamara will do that to most Alvin Kamara and Josh Allen. To be fair, I think I lost with you having those two alone. So the moral of the story is turn up late to your auction league draft so that you inadvertently spend too much money on Alvin Kamara so that it actually turns out that it was a really good play. And you now spent the right gonna... amount of money on Alvin Kamara. <laughs> you're going to win the season because of it. Anyway, that is all we've got time for today. It has been an action-packed, content-rich show. James, where can we find you on the old social media? As always, at NFL Hype Train. Watch out for the article coming up. Doop, doop. Toot, toot indeed. Dave, how about yourself? Uh, I'll be on Twitter at Davey Remix, D-A-V-I-E Remix, and keep an eye out for my uh, week four starts and sits. Yes, indeed. And Rob, we go to you. Where can we find you? It's nearly midnight. So I'm really tired. We've got to close this show out. So I'm just naturally just going to drag it out on a you can find me at FF Brit Baller. You can find me on the College Football Podcast. I write a college article every week at the weekend. That's a really good one this weekend. Me and Andy Moore have written it this weekend. It's a piece. We do winnings and losers. It's a good one to uh, to go cast your eyes on. And I'll do the injury reports on Saturday. And Dave says auction, not auction. Did, did, did I say? Did I say auction? You said auction about four times in the last ten minutes. Yeah, that is because you have trained me. In, oh wait, 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 wait no, you, you said it wrong. You said auction. <laughs> <laughs> and do you say auction? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think I've... it's time we shifted, lads. <laughs> right. Night on. Okay. So <laughs> I would just like to extend a massive apologies to anyone staying in the rooms adjacent to me in the Victoria Hotel in Torquay because I have inevitably kept you up. <laughs> Until quarter to midnight, let's get out of here. I have been David Davenport. You can find me on Twitter at Dav underscore F10Y. Remember, folks, keep those eyes peeled. You've been listening to the Full 10 Yards Fantasy Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at F10Y Fantasy and over on our website, www.full10yards.com, where we cater to all of your American football needs from NFL General, Fantasy Football, College Football, and even Britball. Thanks for listening, and remember, folks, keep those eyes peeled.